0: Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist, and this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcast.com at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I am so grateful that you are here with me on today as we carve out this sacred time for sanctuary, this sacred time for our homecoming. And our theme for this week is care, compassion, And love for change agents, activists, and advocates. We come today to extend to ourselves care and compassion and love so we can have the fuel that is needed, that is required for us to be world changers. We are in a historic time where there is uprising and resistance and revolution and shifting both internally and externally. And for all of those who in diverse ways are working for transformation, both inner and outer, I want you to know that I see you, I honor you, I celebrate you. I see us, I honor us, I celebrate us. And I invite you to take with me now collective breath. We have heard the words ring out, I can't breathe. And we have seen them on t-shirts and signs. We have heard those words chanted, And we know that a part of trauma is taking our very breath. And those of us who are working to stop trauma, abuse, violence, oppression, racism, many times we are pressing forward with little breath. And that is a reality of being in a place of vigilance, of feeling the realities of danger. It can literally take our very breath. And so collectively on today, let us take sacred pause to inhale and exhale. Let us take sacred pause on today. To step out of the running, the hustling, the grinding, the pushing, the marching, the protesting, the organizing. Let us take sacred pause for breath. The breath that has been denied to others. And we recognize how important breath is literally, symbolically, emotionally, and spiritually. I invite you in this time to consider all of the different ways that we enact change. I said first internally that it is so important that we shift our thinking, that we heal our minds, our hearts, our spirits, that we facilitate our growth so that we are not living out of the wounded, limited mindset that has been offered to us routinely and systematically. For us to expand our very vision of ourselves and what is possible is a radical act. And so I appreciate you doing the radical inner work of resisting internalized oppression, resisting victim blaming, resisting closing our eyes and living in denial, resisting numbing out and disconnecting and daring to be present to this very hour. I honor us for showing up, for having the mindset, the will, the motivation, the heart to want to show up for ourselves and for others. And then I give tribute to those who have put body and time and lives on the line to speak up for truth and for justice. Those who have dared to inconvenience others, to mandate attention and awareness to the injustices that exist. I see you, I feel you, I have marched beside you, and I have prayed for us for the impact of the work and for our mental health. I also honor those who have strategically been working behind the scenes to create change. I honor those who work around policy and law. I honor those who have taken the bold step to even run for public office, who have dared to step into places to represent the needs of the marginalized and the oppressed. I am so appreciative of those who have used their art for activism, those who sing and dance and write poetry and create music and create films in order to speak truth. I am so grateful. For the ways in which you make your spirit and artistry available, to paint the pictures that we need to see, to be able to demonstrate through theater and drama, the stories that have not been told. I celebrate also those who have been change agents within corporate America, within corporations and organizations and the academy and institutions, and people will never see you on the evening news. But I see you walking into spaces where often you are unwelcomed, sitting in meetings and speaking that which needs to be said but is often rejected. I see you doing the research, teaching the classes, creating the plans that can get us from where we are to where we want to be. I honor and appreciate those who have put their resources into change. Those who consistently make investments and donations to support the organizations that are doing the work. I am incredibly excited about those who are willing to make powerful moves and don't require credit or certificate or applause or a parade, but are willing and skilled at working behind the scenes to get the manifestation of change that we so need. I applaud on today and appreciate on today activists, advocate, change agent, parents, and aunties, and uncles, and grandparents, and teachers, and mentors who pour time into our young people to remind them, to teach them who they are, despite what they see in the media, despite the reality of all of the oppression, to pour in the affirmation, the validation, the celebration of our children's strength and beauty and wisdom and gifts and generosity to pour into our young people healing and restoration and the truth that they matter. So from all different walks of life, I see us as a chain. I see us as an interdisciplinary movement. I see us as the shift, the tide bringers, those who are in it for the long haul, because what we have seen is Real change requires sustained effort. And so to have sustained effort, we have to create a life, quality of life that is sustainable. And so a part of being a change agent is also the rhythm of rest, the rhythm of care, the rhythm of joy, the rhythm of love. A part of being a change agent is ensuring that I can be a long-distance runner. If I am only able to sprint, it will not be long enough or powerful enough to shift the tide. But to show up in season and out of season requires that I craft a life. That I build a life that has refreshing in it. So when I show up with my fire, it comes with power. That when I show up to shift and to speak, to shift and to create, to shift and to demand, to shift and to cultivate, that it comes from a reservoir that is deep that these waters are not shallow waters. And the only way to not live from a dry, dusty, or shallow place is to feed my soul, to feed my mind, to feed my body, to nourish my heart. And so, indeed, self-care is not disconnected from activism. Advocacy and being a change agent. What are the psychological benefits of engaging in activism, in advocacy, in being a change agent? It nourishes us, one, because it gives us a sense of purpose and meaning. What is the point? of our days and our lives. What is the point of all we are doing to come home to ourselves? It is essentially because we are here for more than living out of our wounds. We are here for more than being directed by our pain. We are here for so much more. And a large barrier to the fullness of life is injustice. A large barrier to an abundant life is oppression in all of its diverse forms. And so we are here to eradicate oppression and create an atmosphere where we can all thrive and blossom and manifest and each of us may feel called to pull toward a different issue to address and it is important for us to know that all of these different issues will work together and so your part might not look like my part and What I'm on fire about may not match what you are on fire about, but if we are collectively moving to create righteousness, if we are collectively moving for access and equity, if we are collectively addressing these issues from various standpoints, that is how we see Not only local shift and national shift, but global shift. And so, a part of our homecoming is awakening our purpose. A part of our homecoming is being reminded that there is meaning for our lives. A part of our homecoming is being able to see that we have efficacy that we have the capacity to create positive change. Another benefit of being a change agent an advocate an activist is a sense of belonging that we, although often are in the minority in terms of giving voice to issues, we also find the gift of connecting with like-minded people. There is a gift to finding kindred spirits. There is such a gift that comes in to uncovering and discovering that there are people who are passionate about the things that we are passionate about. And so I hope you find your tribe, your community, your group, Your chosen family that can move together, that can encourage each other, that can inspire each other, because indeed iron sharpens iron. We exchange wisdom and knowledge and care. There is a gift in discovering purpose and walking in purpose and meaning, there is a gift in connecting with community that cares about our same struggles and issues. There is a gift in discovering that we do have self-efficacy, that we do have power even in the midst of circumstances that are designed to make us believe we are powerless or hopeless or empty. The reality is we are amazing that we are incredibly, wonderfully, fiercely made, and that we are here to be able to manifest the fullness of the gifts and skills that dwell in us. It is also psychologically beneficial to be a change agent an advocate an activist Because it allows us to live congruent lives. That means to be in alignment with myself. So if I say I have particular values, but I am not living out those values, then I am uh, disconnected. I am in conflict with myself. That my spirit says, I value this. But my financial dollars, my uh, time commitments do not match what I say from my heart or my spirit or my values. But when I begin to operate as a change agent for the good, for betterment, then I am able to live a life where I am aligned that what I believe and what I think, and what I feel, and what I value as priorities are manifested in my behavior. That is a gift because many people live lives where there is a verbal commitment or an abstract commitment to justice or peace or truth, but there has been no effort put into justice, or truth, or peace, or the building of a beloved community. So it is often uh, easier to critique those who are trying to do the work than it is to actually jump in and do some work. And so we make a commitment with homecoming that we are not going to be full-time observers, but that we are going to be participants, we make a commitment that we are not going to be full-time critics, but that we are going to be full-time organizers, activists, change agents, those who are not only observing, monitoring, critiquing, what other people are doing, but those who have the self-awareness and the accountability to live out lives where I am doing behaviors in actions that align with what I value, that align with who I am. And so I want to tell you as a change agent, your care, Your self-care and community care are so valuable. There's often a myth that is presented that says to be a change agent, you have to sign up for perpetual suffering and self-erasure. And I want you to know that that is not sustainable. That when we study those who were able to engage in creating change over the long haul to varying degrees they had to create rhythms in life to be able to pour out and to be able to receive and so in order to engage to pour to teach to love to share to march to organize uh, to run to advocate to do all of those things There has to be a well. And we make a decision. What am I going to do each day, each week to pour into my well? What am I going to do to nourish myself so that I can give from a place of overflow and not from a place of resentment or burnout or bitterness? And I am hopeful that listening to the podcast is one of the ways that you can pour into your well. But there are other ways for us to do that, and that can include monitoring and pacing your engagement. Many times as change agents, activists, and advocates, we can believe we must be available for everyone at all times. And when we live from that place, it is unsustainable. We give ourselves permission to set up sacred space, to set up relationships that are reciprocal, to set up sacred time to restore and be replenished. We set up places for us to have boundaries even in terms of our exposure, what we see and what we hear, we can be so tuned into that, that it can overwhelm us and then end up distorting the process. So I encourage you as a change agent, as an activist, as an advocate, to think about what are some boundaries that you want to put in place for your care and for your wellness? What are the ways in which as a collective or as an organization or as a movement, you can embed care, healing, compassion, restoration? So some activist organizations have called in mental health professionals where the meeting is not just about the strategy or what are we doing next, but what do we need to do to restore? Taking time to heal. Some organizers, uh, some who march, some revolutionaries have called for uh, spiritual leaders, sacred teachers, to show up and be present with them, to not only think about how we feed our minds, but also how we feed our spirits. Knowing the reality that working for change, creating change is a spiritual act, just as we are looking for it to manifest in the ways in which we can see policy and laws and engagement and resources, we also recognize the need for the shifting of hearts, minds, and spirits. I'm reminded when I served as an American Psychological Association representative to the United Nations, that I was called upon to go to a UN conference against racism and xenophobia that was held in South Africa, and many of our South African brothers and sisters came to me and said, we see what you all did to change the laws, but how do you change hearts, minds, and spirits? This is so important that the legal part is important, the economic part is important, the educational part is important, and the psychological and spiritual part Are also important. And we resist the idea that to be a change agent means I have to neglect and erase and deny my humanity, my identity, and my needs. That is a manifestation of a structural systemic teaching. That our worth and our value is in our pain. That our worth and our value is in our busyness. And to resist that ideology is to say we are enough. Even when I am standing still, I am a sacred being. That we don't perpetually have to be in the mode of having something to prove. And we do not have to perpetually be in the mode of believing that the weight of the world is on our shoulders. And I know what that feels like to buy into the mindset that everything is up to me, that I have to do everything and be everything at all times, or else the whole thing is going to fall apart, or else the thing will not happen. And so, To be a change agent with sustainability is to recognize the power in the collective, that it is not for us to uh, take on the role of lone rangers. It is not for us to believe we have to be superwoman or superman, that in the simplicity, in the simplicity of who we are, that when I put mine together with yours and you put yours together with mine and we all give what we can give, that that, that is where powerful, incredible, beautiful, sustainable things happen. So I invite you to release yourself from the weight of the world while you hold on to the truth that there, is, there are things I can do, and I will do them. There are efforts I can support, and I will support them. That there will be seasons and moments where I am even making a sacrifice of time, of energy, of resource, even of reputation. Because some people, when you begin to speak truth, will not like it. People who support the status quo do not want to be made uncomfortable. And so when you begin organizing and speaking and working for change, there are costs that some people and places will reject you. Some will try to silence you. Some will try to uh, demonize you. And so to have all of that happening while you're trying to do the work is a lot. And it is important that we are intentional about caring for ourselves, nourishing ourselves, taking care of our bodies, having a sustainable lifestyle, which means my coping strategies are things that edify me that feed me, that nourish me, that I refuse to participate in my own oppression. I refuse to align with people and forces and systems that seek to dehumanize me and others. It is a daily act sometimes a small uprising, sometimes it's on the large scale, but together over time, we begin to see the shift. And so finally, I would say for our care, compassion, and love for change agents, advocates, and activists is we need to have vision. A vision for what shall be and what can be. If all I can see are the problems and the issues and the wounds, I will not be able to continue in this work. The reason we are energized and mobilized and sustained for the effort is because I have a vision of what can be that does not match what is that I have a vision for what must be that does not match what is. I have a vision about what community can look like, what care can look like, what an educational system can look like, what mental health can look like. I have a vision for what it can look like when we are at home within ourselves And we are indeed the light bringers, the joy bringers, the truth bringers, the justice bringers. I have a vision for what that is and what it can be. And that is what allows me to do what I do and live as I live. I hope on today that you will begin to reimagine your vision not just your vision board for yourself, that's a part of the transformation is internal, but larger than you. What is your vision for what relationships can look like? What family can look like? What faith communities can be doing? What nonprofit organizations can be doing? What corporations need to be doing? What is your vision? Or respectful, equity-seeking, justice-seeking governance. What is your vision for that? And so as we begin to ponder that, that is the place that gives us energy and that revives our hope. So those who are in a place of hopelessness and despair, I, I encourage you to take your rest take space, take sacred space, because there has been a lot of disappointment and pain and frustration and violence. And there is no shame in sabbatical, in Sabbath. There is no shame. It is actually a way of honoring yourself and honoring the movement and honoring the earth and honoring humanity and honoring spirit to take sacred pause to heal to restore to refuel for the next chapter i invite your soul to tell your heart mind body and spirit i invite your soul to tell the community to tell your nation to tell the world welcome home.